accept your Earth broadcast in the name of the Galactic Empire. Welcome. Through this intergalactic broadcast, your planet and thousands like it are witnessing the glorious victory of the Galactic Empire. Tonight, we will finally crush Luke Skywalker and his Rebel Alliance. This time, there will be no escape from the dark side of the Force when the Empire strikes back. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And Tim, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, do you ever use pop culture anniversaries to make yourself feel old? To make myself feel old? Well, I guess not to make yourself feel old, but do you ever find that pop culture anniversaries do kind of gauge how long time you know how much time has passed and oh sure like i don't i personally don't feel old right now i've got two kids i should feel old i don't feel that old old. we're in our 40s you should you should feel that i should you should take a moment right now with this music playing and feel that yeah but i usually don't but not until someone says not until someone says hey that album you like yeah that's 20 years old today and then then it like hits me when i hear like that it's been that long since I first bought that album. No, I think I do think I'm very focused on that. I also I just feel physically old. So all you the do time. you do feel old. Okay. I, so I, I do For me it's only those anniversaries that make me feel old. Like I almost find solace. <laughs> I don't know if I find solace. That's all that makes you feel old. That's I, I almost find solace in those anniversaries. I mean, I know it's a long period of time, but there's it's nostalgia. It's acknowledging the passage of time is it is pretty much what nostalgia is. But I find that I don't when I when I see those things, I don't think about the pop culture. I think about the time. Wow. When did that – like, what's the first thing where that kind of started? Do you know? When did something start to feel like, oh, oh I'm old? Probably, like, when there was, like, a 10-year anniversary of Nirvana's Nevermind or something like that. And it's like, oh, geez. Um, and then now it's been 20 years and actually it's today i know this won't air on the anniversary but the day we're recording this is the 21st anniversary of the album the man who by travis that is a long time that sounds like a long long time ago which i bought when you and i were living together in a basement apartment in uh in brighton alston brighton there i always called it alston yeah you did i i think we were more in brighton I never got a lot of mail there. No. But that was a long time ago. I had just met my wife, my the woman who would become my wife. Um, it was just crazy to think about it being that long. Um, it's interesting that you're mentioning this. That's a that, big that truck. You, could you hear that? Yeah. Shit. You're going to hear a lot of that then because there's a lot of big trucks. My goodness. Apparently they, 20 years ago they, today, they trucks racing? came to America. What was that? Are you having like a dump, dump truck drag races out, outside? I'm trying to organize it. So I have this one truck just doing donuts out there, <laughs> hoping somebody will join it. No, it's just, it's a noisy fucking street and I'm tired of it. There's, you're going to oh, hear man. some motorcycles probably. There are these oh. two kids who are very proud of how the motorcycle works. Oh, that's good on them. But good on us for continuing our episode. Um, Although I do want to say this real quick. Mm -hmm. You can cut this out if you want to. But I don't know a person that owns a motorcycle that doesn't feel like it needs to be the loudest fucking thing ever. I don't even know these people, but I think you're right. And it's fucking obnoxious. Yeah. 
Like I'm no, I don't tap dance. I wish I did. I don't. But if I had a pair of tap shoes, I wouldn't be on the pavement in front of somebody else's house, just <laughs> hot to in it for, for seven minutes till I finally decided to break into my shuffle ball change. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, just go already. I get that there's an aspect to the fucking motor that makes that noise. I know that. I don't even drive one, but I know that. I've watched enough uh, 80s action programs, but it's just, it just revs and revs in the cycle. And I look out the window and I feel like a perv. <laughs> <laughs> for peeking through the blinds, but it is kind of just that they're just these little kids sitting on these massive bikes. Just, just go, go, just drive, even just, if it's around the block, and I'll hear you the whole time. At least it'll change, right? In fucking volume, you're using it the way it's supposed to be used, right? Like I am with this. I know it's again, it's not really happening, but I would respect tap shoes. <laughs> fucking. Yeah, right. I can't stand it. I'm right. sorry you had to hear that. No, that's okay. And I don't mean the motor. I mean my reaction to it. No, both those things. Yeah, I'm fine right? with both. Oh, yeah, no, it's like a town of two motorcycles here. It's obnoxious. Have you ever gotten to an anniversary that just is so large that you're not, it doesn't affect how old you feel? It's just, yep, that's how long ago that was? No, I mean, I guess it would be something like, you know, the Declaration of Independence. Sure. It, it, it would have to be something that's really old because because yeah. Yeah. I think for the nature of the show, if it's something that's pop culture related, you know, you're talking about the Travis album, if it's something that meant something to me, I'm dealing with the passage of time, but that's still meaning something to me. So yeah, I always feel older because the measurement of that time makes me think back to when it was new and that might be part of it. Yeah, It's like, here's something that, something that has existed for this amount of time. What was it like when it first started? And I feel like that's kind of, that's the aspect and that's the angle. That's kind of what's at the heart of my attraction and affliction, whatever you want to call it, with nostalgia. It's this measurement and, and this yearning back to a time when it was new. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring this up. It's also planned because we knew what we were going to talk about. <laughs> but um, last Thursday... Actually, had we timed this better, we could have put this episode up on the proper Thursday. But last Thursday marked 28 years since the original MacGyver aired <laughs> its last episode. Technically, the true finale aired April 25th, but they aired like an unreleased episode on that date, uh, making that last Thursday, uh, the 21st, May 21st, 1992. The 28th anniversary of the last original episode of MacGyver. Coincidentally, May 21st, 1992 was also the 12th anniversary um, of The Empire Strikes Back. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Continuing story of our band of heroes, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. I think a lot of what we think of the Star Wars movies and the Star Wars saga changes when you go from Star Wars to Empire Strikes Back. If you had seen Star Wars A New Hope, if you knew Star Wars A New Hope, like what would you expect of your main characters? Like who would you expect to see and what would you think this movie might be? Gosh, um, that's a tough question, you know? It's so hard to remove everything you already know. 
um, to kind of hypothesize as, as to what to expect. Would I have known the title of of the movie at that point? Because that would have given a little bit away. Well, that does give a little bit away, I guess. But I mean, I think that, and maybe that makes it such a brilliant title. Something that I was thinking about watching at this time and trying to put it in context is, based on Star Wars and New Hope, coming to Empire Strikes Back, I think one of my opening thoughts, if I was a little older, and this was all new to me, was, didn't they win? Like, when we last saw them, there was this idea that the Empire was built on this giant space station. They're this ragtag group of rebels, and they blew up the Death Star. Somewhere in my head would kind of be like, oh, then they won. <laughs> Did you have the, like, do you even remember with Star Wars A New Hope is the idea of the Empire and what the Empire is? Does that come across in A New Hope? Do you remember calling them the Empire? Like, they seem like a bigger force in this movie. It's right there in the title. Um, again, it's so hard to remove my exist remove my existing knowledge. I tried it real hard yesterday when I was watching the movie. I tried to imagine I didn't know anything about it. Well, maybe this helps. I don't know. Don't think about it as the first time you saw it, because obviously you were very young, you excited, love Star Wars. Let's think about it of us as moviegoers in our twenties, maybe. Okay. Let's put a little cynicism cynicism into this. Okay. How do you feel that the way the Empire Strikes Back starts? is exactly how A New Hope began. It's just redoing what worked the first time, which obviously now it's part of the language, it's part of the saga, it's part of what you want to see because it's that mythic feel. I think if I was in my 20s seeing this, my cynical 20s, I probably would have felt like, well, they're just uh, they're just cashing in a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I would have thought of it that way. Like, I think if I were in my 20s, I would have understood that this is just the technique of the storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of the filmmaking. Because it's not new. I mean, what's, what's not new? To see this, like, that was exciting in the first Star Wars with these words kind of moving backwards, but we've already seen it. Right. Like, if the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie opens up with Groot dancing to another pop song from the 70s, is that entertaining or does that just feel like, oh, this worked last time, let's do it again? See, I think that's different. Because they didn't do that in the first one. Although I guess they did do it in the first one, except it wasn't Groot. You know what would make sense if Guardians of the Galaxy opened with a different character dancing with a, to a pop song? Then that that is following the the storytelling technique because you had... But it's a contrived technique at that point. It's like, well, it, or it you is. just said yourself, it would make sense if we do it, but we, we give it a little twist. It's it, Yeah. So to me, that that would be... If you're trying to compare the two, that would make more sense because it's like... You know, Guardians of the Galaxy opened up with Star-Lord dancing, and now we've got Groot dancing, and then if somebody else were dancing in the third one, I would see what they were doing. And to me, I think that's probably how I would have reacted to this in my 20s. It's like, oh, they open up with a little prologue. They're doing that again. No big deal. And don't get me wrong. I love it. I love that that's a narrative element of these movies. Yeah. But I love it because I've lived with it. It keeps happening. There's enough movies where you're like, that's how they start them all off. Right. Do you remember the crawls from any of the, the new ones? Um, no. No, they, they don't really the stick details to of those crawls. But honestly, I, I couldn't tell you necessarily the details of, of the first three. Oh, really? What the crawls say. But, but that's the kind of fan I am. I <laughs> very much enjoy the films, but I'm not that fanatically into Star Wars that I have these crawls memorized. If I was seeing this for the first time, there is a line in this crawl, and it talks about Vader being obsessed with finding young Skywalker. That's kind of right there in the crawl to set up the movie. And we know the story. We know that's where that's going. 
There is an element that technically in A New Hope, they never really met. Luke's a pilot. And so maybe there's the, you know, Vader says the force, force is strong with them. So maybe there's something, a little bit of anticipation there, but we don't know that yet. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I would have thought Leah, Princess Leah was his mortal enemy at this point because he up, upright killed the planet. So it's, it's strange that, that. That stood out for me in this, in this rewatch. It did. Yeah. Because when Leah and, and Darth Vader are together towards the end of the movie, there isn't such an animosity um, as we saw in the first film. Between the two, I don't even know if they exchange lines. No, like, they really he's... don't. There's a there's there's one good look that that Princess Leia gives Darth Vader at the end. Um, it says a lot. It's a really good look. Um, but, she, but she was very combative with him last she saw yeah. him. He didn't have this mythic like she, she was, could talk down to him at that point. Yeah, she was she was beaten down in in this one. Like she really didn't didn't give him the same hell that she gave him in the first one. Does that narratively make sense, or did it stick out to you like, okay, we'll just accept this change? In it it kind of did, yeah, kind of did. I didn't little, even think about that till right now. But yeah, I was a little let down, you know, because I was approaching it trying to imagine it was the first time I'm watching it, and it did stand out as like, well, where's the fire that she had in the first one? But it did make sense because you know they're in this situation, they've been going through hell the whole movie. Um, so she does seem, you know, just sort of resigned to the fact that this is happening. And I love her as a character. She doesn't have much to do in this movie. No. Which is too bad, really. Yeah. But does it? But to jump off that for a moment, does it seem odd that Darth Vader knows who Han Solo is, knows the name of the ship as the Millennium Falcon? I mean, I guess it did swoop in during the Battle of the Death Star and all, but it's like he's very much, he knows who these people are. I I think I missed that then. Where where does that come up? He mentions Captain Solo put him in the carbon uh, in the carbonite chamber. He asks if they uh, disconnected the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon. He knows the names of these things. Yeah, I but mean, at we that would point, know them. He's already he's been chasing them. Why would he know the name of the ship that he's chasing? And why is he just chasing that ship? What is it that he's looking for? The entire fleet has scattered, but they are focused on finding. Yeah, that's true. The ship. Are they, I mean, I think the narrative structure is he's setting the trap to kept to capture Luke. These are Luke's friends. Yeah. We don't know that's the setup yet at, at the start of the movie. But also, <laughs> but where does that come from? Because coming from Star Wars, Darth Vader doesn't necessarily piece together who these people are. They're all, I mean, well, yes, they're, they're all running around the Death Star together, but he wasn't focused on that. He knew that Obi-Wan Kenobi was there. Well, talking, talking about that, though, and chasing after them... Um, was there a back door to Hoth? Like, how does Luke just sort of, I'm just going to go in this other direction. And oh, I think, no I think the, the base me. covers a lot of land. I think the ships are parked. Not every X-Wing fighter is parked in the hangar. His was outside. Although that is strange because they load R2 onto him. Yeah, I think the base is pretty big. Yeah, the base is big, sure. And and all of the, the escaping transports are heading in the same direction. Again, Choosing to go directly in the direction where the Star Destroyers are. Um, but then Luke, the only one that says, you know what, I'm going to go in the completely opposite direction and no one's going to even notice me. Are you talking about once he flies off to Dagobah? Yeah. That's when they're out of range, I think. They've gotten past the blockade. Like all those ships. That's the thing. They decide to chase the Falcon. They don't chase. Unless Luke. their stories. They don't chase not, Luke. They don't. Yeah, they, I don't think they know. 
Maybe they don't know. I guess. It never did stand out to me, though, that 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 was happening and that he knew them. I don't know. I guess I just sort of surmised that once you start chasing them and once they land and once he's at Cloud City, um, he knows um, that the the ship has to dock, I guess, you know, the same way R2 learns everything uh, about what's going on. Maybe that's how Darth Vader knew. But you're talking about the, the the fact that they're chasing after the Falcon. I mean, the, the 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 plot structure of this movie is pretty much it's a pursuit movie. Once they get off of Hoth, this film is a little more bleak. Yeah. Um, do you feel that, or is that just how people always describe it? I, I mean, yes, I do, I definitely feel it. it. There is a definite difference between the two films: a different tone, a different direction, a different style. How do you feel about them all going in their different directions? Like they they split the gang that we want to see up. Yeah, no, I, I I really liked it, and it, and I liked it rewatching it yesterday. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. It's so great to see C three PO without R two D two. Oh, that's the one that really stuck out to me this time. Yeah, it works well too when they get back together. It just makes it that much more enjoyable to see them, you know, bickering once again <laughs> through all of everything going on. That still they get back together, and that's what they're doing. I mean, and maybe maybe this isn't how you view it, but the, the original Star Wars, there is just there's a consistent, pretty consistent tone of fun in that movie that is a fun movie there's a little bit of harshness when luke's uh, on an uncle get burnt alive but and a planet explodes but it moves at a pretty brisk fun pace eventually eventually yeah but you I, think it's slow at the beginning don't you said that before it's I pretty slow really disagree with you there i think with that my rewatches um there's just a lot of going through a desert and moving to places that you don't even know where we're going you don't there's like stretches of time with no dialogue yeah um, which is great though it's those cool. things are great it's very it's it's its thing but um compared to certainly compared to empire um i feel like that there's some slow it's a little more slow moving than you might remember so the pacing is different yeah and you don't miss that huh you don't miss kind of the the, the slower pace the, the lingering maybe no no i mean the setting up of this world no, I didn't miss it. I think Empire does a better job pacing-wise, for sure. It's a movie I'm more engaged while watching. I mean, it does move quicker. It's there's To a degree, there's less happening, or there's less at stakes in this movie, it seems, anyways. Uh, yeah, no, I think you've got your two main storylines, and, and the, one is, the one that's most exciting is the chase, and do they get away, and can they get away, and how many different ways can they get away? That's exciting. And then there's the interesting, it's like, who is this unknown Yoda that suddenly we have to, to search out and find? And so that's exciting, too, to, 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 to follow that and see where that's going to lead. There's a puppet in this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's a character. Technically that's... a Muppet, right? Uh, I don't know if it's technically a Muppet because of how ownership works. Okay. I do think Jim Henson worked on it. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. But let's talk about it. I mean, that is something that we don't get in A New Hope. You don't get that kind of a character, I don't think. Do you get a, a full-fledged, full-on alien character who's interacting? In you get Chewbacca. You get Chewbacca. And that's a great character. But you don't, yeah, everybody else is just background. D- does he still look believable to you? How do you feel about the There are moments scene? that he does. Uh, yeah, the, 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 I love how they did him on his hands and knees rummaging through the the pack and trying to find stuff and then he turns he turns his head backwards and flashes the light that looks like a real creature to me that the way that 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 moves um but yeah there are times where he looks a little rubbery 
Really? A little bit. I'm surprised how much, because I think even in Return of the Jedi, it falters a little bit. I'm I'm always pleasantly, and probably one of my favorite things about all of these movies are his scenes. Yeah. I think that there's something to that. And that is legitimately, like, I don't know how much Yoda was promoted before this movie. I know afterwards, obviously, his known character. I know that the action figure was blotted out on the back of the package. I don't know if he shows up in the original trailers or not. I feel like that would have blown my mind. That's something yeah. that there's nothing saying that if you're watching this movie, you would think that's the character who he's here to see. Right. And I think that's pretty, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I love that element. That might be my favorite element of this movie. That's, that's, do you feel like that's the a bigger twist um, or a, a more entertaining twist than the uh, I am your father? Well, I think he's part of a big reveal. I think he's part of what should have been the biggest reveal of this movie, to be honest. That there is another? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, wow. If you choose to face Vader, you will do it alone. I cannot interfere. I understand. R2, fire up the converters. Don't give in to hate. That leads to the dark side. Strong is Vader. Mind what you have learned. Save you again. I will. And I'll return. I promise. Told you I did. Reckless is he. Now, matters are worse. That boy is our last hope. No, there is another. Let's talk about that moment. What, what's right. that? Describe that. Uh, well, yeah. So Luke is 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 got a vision. People know the plot. I think people know. Yeah. This movie so does, he's got so. the vision that 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 Han and Leia are in trouble, and so he's leaving his training early with Yoda. Also, I don't know if we have time to talk about, it, but the whole timeline of this film is skewed for me. I have no real sense of how long any of this is taking. There's, yeah, I think as an adult, that's true. Yeah. And I think with the idea of what the prequels present of how Jedi training works, that's true. Yeah. I think as a kid, we're willing to accept that this is one of the only creatures in the world who can train you how to do this. We're going to train you how to do this. And it just happens. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's theories that Dagobah exists in a weird time pocket. There's ideas <laughs> that months actually pass and that the Falcon is flying for months. But yeah, there's... Yeah, like never- I feel like it could be months. But they don't really, they don't really uh, explicitly tell you that. Yeah, and, and that never bothered me as a kid. It's no, an it issue now because I have enough to think about. <laughs> I do wonder uh, if an adult is watching this movie, a twenty-something is going to this movie, or twenty-something watching the movie now. I think that's an that's an issue that would be picked apart. I think that would be. Com- I've never read a review that comments on that. Yeah. But I think now there would be an issue of how what is the time period? Just because I think we interact differently with stories. I mean, do, I don't know. Do you agree? Like, I, I don't think like a Marvel movie would allow a question of how much time passes. Like, I think about Ghostbusters sure. has some time issues in it too. Yeah, and it was just accepted. But I think now things need to be explained, or it's considered a plot hole. Yeah. I, do you think it's a plot hole in Empire Strikes Back? The training? 
I mean, I think you can consider it a plot hole. Sure, if you're gonna really, if if you're going to in, really invest yourself in it, and, and Are you, oh, you're not invested in the Star Wars. I, and maybe invest isn't the word, but if if you're fanatical about it, I can see it as a bit of a plot hole. I've never thought of it as a plot hole. Like I don't think that impedes the plot the way other things could. We skipped over the Leia Luke kiss. That's something where you can be like, all right, that's a tripping point. I've never tripped over this element in the movie, but I think I would now. And I don't know why. I don't know why that would bug me now, whereas I've always accepted it in the story and continue to. Well, do you think now it's because there's just more access to people's opinions and thoughts and it's just out there and there can be a larger conversation? I don't know. I don't. Because again, I do wonder if I was a if I was who I was. And I'm going to say in my late twenties, early thirties, not so much now because I think I'm more accepting of movies again. There was a time where I could be a little judgmental. I think I would have been judgmental. So I you would just have found a way to talk about that. What was that? You just personally would have been judgmental of the time. I think uh, I, I, if if it wasn't something I was invested in, that's and that's how I'm trying to look at this. If it wasn't a lifetime investment in a film, I would wonder like, hey, what happened here? What's the deal with this little? Why does Luke suddenly? Because, again, I never hear people really saying, and all of a sudden, Luke's a Jedi Master. It's like, yeah, that is kind of what happens. And that is supposedly, or understandably, a glaring narrative well, issue. No, but no, I no. never think of it that way. Like, I, I, It's I fairy tale like I've never actually pictured... You're saying he's a Jedi Master by the end of the movie? No, I guess by In Return of the Jedi he does. But he's 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 learning to use this the Force... He can confront Darth Vader. They do a pretty good job of showing he can't hold his ground. But whatever it is that Yoda is supposed to be doing with him, they, they do. He gets a fair amount of training. Not right. all of it, right. but a, a fair amount in a small amount of time. Yes. And I guess because we don't know what it means to be a Jedi, that's acceptable. Having seen it in the prequels and having seen it in the Clone Wars where it's a lengthier process and you get a Padawan, you go through all the studies as a child and grow. Yeah, there is a little inconsistency there. But um, I don't trip over. But you were mentioning it because after all that training, Luke is ready to leave early. What, what's going on in this? Yeah, because he back? gets this vision. So um, he he goes to leave early, and he's getting a vision of or of Ghost uh, Obi Wan is also saying, "Are you sure this is a good idea to trap?" That was exciting, right? To see Obi Wan. Oh, totally. Yeah, that, totally. I wouldn't have Wasn't expected that. that. After. Yeah. No, did not know that that could happen. Mm-hmm. So that's um, a good one. Thought it could just be the voice, but then there he was. So that was awesome. Um, and looking then, pretty blue. What's that? He looks. He looks pretty blue. Yeah, but so Luke takes off, and as he's flying away, Obi Wan and Yoda can, can continue their conversation, and Obi Wan says he was our our last hope, or something like that. And um, Yoda then says, "No, there is another." Right? That, yeah. That that should be the movie's biggest fucking reveal. And it, maybe it would have been if there wasn't one later at the end of the movie. Maybe. I mean, we know the answer. He's, or we, I assume he's referring to, to Leia. Yeah. I remember as a kid wondering, I mean, I think I thought it was Han Solo because that's who I'd want it to be. Sure. But th- there was a, that's a line that allows a lot of speculation. Totally. Could be someone we hadn't even met yet. Well, which I think was the original idea. I think yeah. a, 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 a direction for the film to keep going. That's, I'm surprised that that, because like that was a conversation on the on the playground. I remember that was a big deal. That feels that yeah that that feels like a pretty big. That's the first time I feel like these movies feel like oh they're gonna keep going. Yeah, A New Hope is very exciting. You get hints of things to come, but it's a self-contained story. Totally self-contained. 
And this one you've got. And there are only hints of things to come because they've since come. You know what I mean? It's like you you might not have read it that way the first time you saw it. And again, maybe, yeah, maybe it's retroactive. There's a lot of nice work going on in A New Hope when Obi-Wan is discussing Anakin. Yeah. That you can read into that, that there's a bigger, there's something darker. There's a bigger story. Yeah. yeah, But I don't know if that's there yet. And we'll get into that for a minute. But this, this Yoda's claim of there, there is another. I don't feel like that gets the weight in the saga that it deserves. Well, and I think that's because the reveal of the other was kind of a letdown. It was very anticlimactic. Is it? The fact that it's Leia? Because sure, it's her. And then that's it. It's like, oh no, yeah, we're brother and sister. I get it. And then there's not, nothing else. She, I mean, eventually, if we keep going in the later movie, she she trains Ray, and Ray helps ultimately bring balance. So there's that, but yeah, but in in the in our generation, that reveal, as amazing as it is that there is another, doesn't really pan out. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really become the exciting thing that that it had the potential to be in our minds. At like, that what time. did you think as a kid? Do you remember that line from as being a kid hearing it? Y- yeah, I did do. it hit you back then? It was me. I was the other for sure. <laughs> that's Bob that's Kenny. how I took it. When I was in the backyard running around, you know, reenacting things, I was the other. So that line's a great world builder. That might yeah. be our first and that hint scene too. Oh, as the as the colors were changing, as as it it was bright as the ship was taking off, then it was black, and then the afterburner hits, and then it turns to red as he says it. That's that was just a great moment in the movie. It's pretty artsy fartsy. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. Don't go away. We'll be back right after these messages. The interrupted journey, the Mothman prophecies, the Amityville horror. These were the tomes we pulled from a darkened corner of our local public library. They were our first glimpse into archaic tales of the paranormal, the extraterrestrial, and the overall inexplicable. My name is Tim Blevins, and I am co-host of the Inexplicable Book Club, a -a once-a-month podcast in which we uncover great works on the unexplained one title at a time. It's a deep dive into the likes of Bud Hopkins, Ruth Montgomery, and John Keel, all to trace how this bewildering prose shaped our mystified beliefs. Join me and my co-host Chris Nassini for the Inexplicable Book Club, starting June 9th on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Not A Holograms homepage, nahpods.com. It's a less invasive probe of the fantastic kind. I know we're kind of moving on, but can I go back to Hoth for a second? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, again, watching it with the intent of assuming I've I've not seen it, the reveal of the AT-AT walkers or the AT-ATs, whatever people call them these days. Sure. Um, I thought that, like, as a kid, I would have been blown away by that. And and I they, might, they, I might they were been. kept out of promotion, I think. I don't think they were used in commercials Were they and not? Stuff. Not like, when like, it first was coming out. They did such a good job of... The anticipating what this is. Let's let's plan the ground attack. Send down the ground attack. The the rebels are 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 setting up, and then they have to pause and look around because there's this noise, this feeling of something foreboding, and then there's these dots off in the distance, and then you you get the 
the the mechanical binoculars, the electronic binoculars kind of out of focus and then there they are and it's like, holy shit, what are these things? It was such a cool moment. It's our first ground war in the Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that is very easy to forget. And I know like with the new movies, with the prequels and also with like solo people like, yeah, we're finally seeing it as the war part. It's like, well, A New Hope had your fighter jets with the X-Wing fighters. So you have that. But this, yeah, this is like the most peril I feel like you, you see the rebellion in. And it's right up front. You know, this movie, as a very smart thing with this movie, I know it's been talked about, they subvert the 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 pacing of, of of the original one where your 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 bigger battle your two forces colliding kind of thing is at the beginning and they lose it that's the other thing too they lose that battle you said there were a couple other scenes are there some other moments in this movie that play kind of like that um not to put you on the spot yeah you put the me show on the spot. we do I'm together sure there are yeah. I mean we've we've already talked about Yoda and that reveal um. Bespin, just seeing that, you know, it's another great location. It's, it's sure, a cool location. Uh, the 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 pod flyers, the cloud cars, or whatever they're called. Um, that was one car. of that was one of the coolest toys I had as a kid. The twin pod cloud. The car. twin pod cloud car. Yeah, you do the that much twin better. Twin pod cloud car. You do that much better than I do. Did you have the twin pod cloud car pilot? Um, I didn't have the pilot. No, there I were two twin pod cloud twin pod cloud, cloud car. car. Wait, now I'm fucking it up. Twin pod cloud car pilots. There would be two twin pod cloud car pilots piloting the twin pod cloud car. Did it come with the twin pod cloud it car? Came with, it, did, uh, it came with neither twin pod cloud car pilot. You would have to buy the twin pod the, cloud car pilot yeah, separately. I never, and you'd I have never to buy two that. of the twin pod cloud car pilot. Yeah, Never got the twin pod cloud car pilots. No, but we had the twin pod cloud car. You had it too? I had it too. Yeah. yeah, it was my favorite one. It was a, it was my favorite because it was just so much fun to fly. You could hold and it in it the middle. Great. Yeah, that's no, a great, great yeah. design. Well, I think, and if you want, we're segueing to 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 Bespin because Bespin is where we get again the big moment of this movie. We do get Vader. We do get Luke. That was a great moment. Which which moment? The the Vader moment. Now, which one? Because um, I'm going to say I think there's a moment. Vader has two moments in this movie. And one's before Bespin, actually, that I think are very important to the saga okay yeah i know which one you're talking about that's before um where he's in his his little pod area getting his helmet is that the one you're talking about yeah and that's early in the movie from the back side of him you see him sitting in his chamber and his helmet's lowered down yeah that's the that's our first real confirmation that there's a person in there right that there's a person in that armor and, and and a wounded person a vulnerable person right yeah Although he's got a breathing problem, that never seemed to tie into him being weak. <laughs> well, I never saw it as a breathing problem. I just saw it as that's what noise that that particular outfit makes. Did you need a confirmation that he was indeed human? Like, what did prior to this? What did you think Darth Vader was? Uh, you know, I just thought he was just this villain, this bad guy. I don't know that I really saw him as a person. I want to so, say I probably thought he was a robot. I, yeah, I don't know if I th- even really thought of him as a robot. He was just like the bad guy. I never, but I didn't think of him as a person. So it was necessary, and I think it 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 happened perfectly. And it's weird because that's a fleeting shot. That's a quick shot. Yeah, but I you remember get the, it. You get the um, the general's reaction or commander or whatever it was. You get his reaction first. You see his eyes widen first, and it's like, what the fuck. 
It is weird that that he's doing it with his little chamber open. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> yeah. does it humanize him? Do you think? Is there a I, little bit of? Yeah, it does for sure. I mean, I don't think there's no sympathy or needed sympathy for Darth Vader in these movies till Return of the Jedi. I feel like. Right, but it lays the groundwork for that. I think it does a better. I think this moment does a better job than Return of the Jedi does. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like Return of the Jedi is the only moment he really gets to be heroic in. I mean, there's there's that, but I mean, just for the audience to have a reaction and to change their view of him, I think. And I haven't seen Return of the Jedi in forever, so oh, you should see it. It's great. Uh <laughs> okay. There's a hut. There's a um, hut in it. There's no twin pod cloud car. No, there is. Nor is there a twin pod cloud car pilot. But um, that's just me lose my train of thought. But no, it's a great moment. But the better moment, I like the 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 more exciting moment for me is in Vespin when you're not quite sure what's going on with Lando and what deal he's made or that he's even made a deal. But when that door opens and Darth Vader is sitting right there and Han Solo, without thinking, starts firing his blaster and then Darth Vader swoops in and just uses the force to pull that blaster away, that moment just is so fucking awesome. Now, why is that? Because that is pretty – that's everyone meeting too. Yeah. It's also the only scene – that's the first time you see stormtroopers in the movie. Uh, the 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 stormtroopers that we're used to seeing. They were yes. Well, they, they were called snow troopers. Snow troopers. Yeah. Yeah. What what about this scene is 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 chilling to you? Because then I have another one. Uh, what's chilling? Because it's like again watching it for the first time. You don't really expect it. I mean, I guess they they're hinting that something's off, but you don't necessarily expect Darth Vader to be there. Right. He's um, on the ground with his troops. That's the yeah. weird thing on Hoth too. He goes there. Yeah. So his position in this empire is not fully clear. It's still not really clear. Well, yeah, we haven't even talked about the emperor. That's the scene I think is pretty important to this. But but talking about this this dinner scene for a minute, yeah, he deflects the lasers with his hand, which is something we've never seen. He's speaking to our characters. They're face-to-face with him, and that's the first time they're really face-to-face with him. It's the first time Han Solo's ever been face-to-face with him, really. Well, that's where the Leia thing stands out. I know we've already talked about it, but her not being as vocal... Is weird, right? I mean, I guess we don't see where the scene goes. That's the other thing I'm trying to think. Like, did they all sit down and why does he have a cup? (laughs) But we don't see what happens there. But there is a strange amount of civility to that scene, which every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that's – Darth Vader has a weird – in this movie, it runs through – has a little bit of a sense of humor. Like he set dinner for them. Did he? I don't know. Or did he just – that's that's where they – the dinner was going to be set anyway, and he's just there. Oh, that's possible. <laughs> but he still let it happen. Sure. The other scene is. Did you want to say more about it? I'm sorry. I'm- I think I, I. That's enough. It's just the excitement of that scene, and and like you're saying, so many things happening that you hadn't seen happen before. And just figuring out his place in the Empire, because again, in Star Wars, he's the iconic villain, but he's not the one in charge. He answers to to Tarkin. In this movie, we we see him talk to the Emperor. Yeah. There's a pretty great scene where he goes into this chamber, he kneels down, and he talks to a hologram of the Emperor. And there's a couple of versions of the scene, because I know that I assume the one you watched, it's Ian McDermott as the Emperor. There's a there's an earlier version of it. Yeah, I saw the special edition. Okay, yeah. And, and I wasn't sure. I went back. The dialogue is pretty much the same. It's a creepier, campier looking thin alien originally. What is thy bidding, my master? 
there is a great disturbance in the Force. I have felt it. We have a new enemy, Luke Skywalker. Yes, my master. He could destroy us. He's just a boy. Obi-Wan can no longer help him. The Force is strong with him. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. If he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. Yes. Yes. He would be a great asset. Can it be done? He will join us or die, Master. This sets up the Sith mythology. This sets up this idea of the, of, of the opposite of the Jedi. Like the word Sith is never said in these three movies. He's never, I think in the books, he might be called the Dark Lord of the Sith. They never really acknowledge it. And there's a weight of there being now this devilish fourth, the Sith, that comes from this scene that I think might be more important than the father reveal in the, in the bigger schemes because it just sets up what Darth Vader is. It sets up that Jedis are things, Sith are things. And there's this weird, epic, supernatural element to it. Of the three reveals that I think we've established here, with we got there is another um, Vader's place in the world with the Sith and then I am your father. I see the Sith thing as like number three. Do you see the father as the biggest reveal? I do do see it as the biggest reveal as if watching it for the first time um it's the biggest reveal and, and again i think because it happens at the end it's the one that sticks with you if it had happened in the middle and then at the end you found out there was another then i think there was another is the bigger one i think that it happening when it happens does play a play a part but also knowing what the story has become like the story is about this in return of the jedi it's about father and son I'm supposed to not be thinking that, though, in this rewatch. That's true. That is true. Because, and, and so you're right. So to take a step back, let's say we're watching... Let's, let's as another example, then. Let's say you're watching uh, a Die Hard movie. Okay. Maybe the second Die Hard. I've done that. Yeah, let's say we're watching a different second Die Hard. Let's find out that during <laughs> the course of that, John McClane learns that... Um, in Die Hard, the guy who fell out the window, Hans Gruber. Let's say that he learned that, oh, Hans Gruber is his brother. Let's say we find out that John McLean learns, oh, Hans Gruber is my lost brother. Or let's go a couple years, you know, in, in the 80s from where we're now. Let's let's find out that through time travel and through Back to the Future Part 2 or 3, maybe Marty is Doc's grandfather. Or, or, or even to make it modern, let's say that, oh, Thanos is a time-displaced Stark employee. Let's just say any of those plot elements that tie together so tightly these two previously separate characters who the whole story of Die Hard is that how can this guy be in this place at the time it happens? Yeah. That's kind of Luke, too. <laughs> How could he be at the Death Star? How mm. could it be that... I mean, I get it. The, Leia's heading to Tatooine in Star Wars to find Ben Kenobi. So that's why the ship's there. The droids eject. Their pod happens to go to Tatooine. All right. Again, that's where they were headed. That's where R2 needs to go. Luke gets involved because he buys the droids. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of happenstance... <laughs> God in the machine, whatever you want to call it, to that happening. Destiny. Dest- so it is destiny. All right, so we have that. What are the odds that that character then, through the adventures, flies to outer space, destroys the Death Star, and it's his father? It's his dad. That's the thing. I know it works now, and it's great. And I bet it was jaw-dropping to hear, because you're like, what? If you're invested, you're like, what the fuck? But 
for the cynical 20 or 30 somethings watching these movies, that's a pretty gigantic cosmic coincidence to have to get past. And I don't know if I would have been able to. I think I would have. And I think I do because it's not, it's not like John McClane and Hans Gruber where you've got this big, large world and no mythical, all powerful force out there pushing and pulling and doing its magic. This is the destiny because it's like they, they are the few people um, still in this universe with this power mm-hmm. and they're connected by you. You just kind of gave, okay, it makes sense. That's why you're going to Tatooine. And so he sees Ben and like Ben knows his father and it's the force really. It's, it's, it's a smaller world than the universe at large. You've got this big star Wars universe, but you only have this small set of, of beings that, that have the force. And so I'm not so put off by this all coming together. I mean, don't get me wrong. This, I mean, again, this is my favorite Star Wars movie, so I'm totally into that. But there is, I don't know, there is something, because I think I can understand it if... And he he drew him there. He He became obsessed with him because, okay, yeah, in the first movie, he just happened to be the pilot that blows up the Death Star. But he felt the force. He knows that there's this other person out there now um and so he became obsessed with him and he basically uh uh manipulated the whole situation in empire to, to bring them together and again i think with everything put together it makes sense i mean but at the time i could see why this would be an eye roller if you were so invested in the first one because there is some cosmic coincidence at work. Again, I love the fucking movie, and I'm so happy it goes to route. It did. Is this your favorite one, Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, for sure. Has it always been? Um, no, I think I liked Return of the Jedi when I was younger. Me too. Most of all. I mean, this one has the least star fights, has the least number of new aliens. I mean, not to quote clerks, this one's kind of a downer. Like, I don't... <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's fucking love it. But I think it became my favorite over time. Yeah. Because like this one, while huge when it came out, um, to look at the box office numbers, if we don't count the animated clones film, domestically here in the US, this one has the second lowest box office after Solo. And that's counting in re-releases and everything. This one has made the least. Wow. Did you ever turn your back on Star Wars? Was there a period where you weren't watching it or, or didn't think it was what you, you, it used to be? No, I um, never did turn my back on Star Wars, although I didn't see Solo in the theaters. So I guess if if you want to count that as turning my well, back. Let's just talk about the originals. Is there a period of your life where you're like, I don't need to watch these or I'm not into these or these are silly? No, 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 no. Right? Like, yeah. I don't think a year has ever passed where I didn't watch at least one of them. Yeah. But for some reason, Empire Strikes Back is the one that defines the films, that opens itself up for the most analysis. Yeah. Well, it's the one It's the one that turned it into a saga. The Star Wars was a great standalone movie um, with hints of, of a larger story. But, but any standalone movie has hints that you could go deeper. Sure. Uh, this, this turned it into the saga because... It's not just 
you know, one little storyline. It's a bunch of characters that have interacted and have um, a story that goes back to generations and goes forward for generations or can go forward for generations and ultimately does. So, yeah, it's it's what turned it into um, a franchise. Mm. I think it was a pretty big franchise after the first one. No, I don't know. It, like, but I, it, it, the the success of the first one made them want to make more. Sure, and sure, George Lucas probably had all the st- stories and ideas in his head for making more. Um, but th- this movie, Empire, opened up all the possibilities. It had a lot of um, unanswered questions. Um, that there's another. It's the the biggest, obviously. Um, But then also, what the hell is going to happen to Han? Uh, What's going to happen between Luke and and, and Vader? Where does that go? Um, So there's a lot more going on. Then it's like this is now going to continue for sure, at least into one more movie. Whereas Star Wars, until they announced that there was going to be a sequel, you had no sense that it could go any further. Where else would it go? One last thing, I guess, because I, I think we're probably wrapping this up. Is there anything you wish was in the movie? Like anything that's maybe missing or you wish there was more of? Um, I know it's a question without thinking about it. Yeah. Um, with no forethought, no. I can't think of anything I wish they had more of. There is a moment in this movie uh, at the very end when they think they've shut down the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon. They're trying to get away and they fix it. Oh, yeah. And they're closing in the catch. And when it takes off... And Darth Vader's standing there at the window, and he looks away. There's a weird moment where he looks back again to make sure they got away. Yeah. Like, something got out of his hands. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't, doesn't kill per- anybody. He doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> he just walks away from the window at that point. I do feel like there's something in that moment of them getting away where there's a... And this is filling it in with blanks from prequels and stuff like that, where there's a legitimate longing of... I don't know if he's relieved that they got away. I don't know if he knew what he would have done if he had caught them. But there, there's, there's something in that moment that I, I guess I wish, not wish, but I'm curious to, could there have been a little more of that? Mm. All right. Interesting. Is it? Or is it just a way of trying to wrap things up with some big statement that fell apart? No, no, no. That is a very interesting statement. It would have oh. it, it would have been interesting to see a little bit should more of that. Should I put it at the front, at the start of the show? Maybe yeah, we should open with that let's, statement. Let's actually play this whole episode backwards for people. Backwards from this point from to, this point to on. the start. All right. So that the first thing they'll hear is us telling them or us saying to them or, or, or us acknowledging that if they do like the show that they're about to listen to, yep. and they think that they'll want... What should they do? Well, then they should have already visited uh, the Not A Holograms webpage, the nahpods.com website. That's the main webpage for this show. Uh, A couple other shows are also there. You can always find the most recent episodes as well as links to all of our past episodes. You can find ways to subscribe to the show. The show comes out with new episodes with you and I um, every other week. In the off weeks, we do bonus episodes or repost old episodes. So basically, there's something new every week. So I would say, yeah, check out NAPods, N-A-H-Pods.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. Get a new episode. You can follow us on Instagram, um, at 20Popcast. You can follow us on Twitter, also at 20Popcast. And while you're at the website, if you'd like, there are a couple other podcasts up. There's Menage Out Pop, a three-day-a-week podcast, and there's Inexplicable Book Club, a once-a-month podcast that'll be starting June 9th 
you can read about those there. I think those are decent shows too. You can check it out. But Bob, what about you? How how would you like to the people to go back in time knowing something uh, about you already? I fucking yeah, that they've up. already known. Uh, they can reach out to me on Twitter r- at rh canning, um, and uh, yeah, I always like to hear from folks um, and and Do you share. Do you like to hear from folks? Have I heard? No, we 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 had that. I I don't know the person who commented from. Um, our podcast a couple weeks ago um, on Dungeons and Dragons and shared the Heroes Quest Hero Quest uh, video. That was That's nice. That's Mike. You don't know Mike? I don't think I know Mike. He, do Do I know Mike? He, he's he, they do. Uh, he does a, a podcast called Battle of the Network Shows, which oh, is no. very much worth listening. I don't to. know him personally. You don't, but you but you know that he posted something for you, and he's yeah. going to be on Menage a Pop in a few awesome. weeks as well. Look how that ties in. I'll be embarrassing if it's his co-host that actually shared that, and I flip-flopped the names. I should have checked that before I said something. That's okay. I think it was my fuck. I hope it was. Well, you said you didn't know who it was. I just didn't know them personally. Oh, I think I'm remembering the name Mike from. I think you're remembering it right because that's his name. Or possibly Michael. Kegel. Kegel. Sure. Shit. He told me how to pronounce it. I just totally messed that up. I probably won't put this part in. But then maybe I know he listens. But who's to say he listens to the end? Nobody listens to the end. I hope people do, and I hope this isn't in. But um, if you're listening now, make sure you let the music play out, and then keep listening. Because Tim, you do a fine job adding a little, little something extra at the end of every episode. It's always a fun little treat. For Except me, anyway. For you. So you, you make it to the end of these shows. Oh, the very end. Do you just listen to the end? Do you skip ahead? I skip I skip parts. Fucking show notes. Um, I don't skip it along the show notes. I skip it. It's like, oh, I don't want to hear myself talk about that again. Oh, so less you is what you're saying. I tend to go for less me. Less of you on the show, more of the show listened by you. Yes. Well, I'm going to take that and do the editing bay. <laughs> Uh, for this episode, All right. which we already created an illusion would start at this point and work backwards, is what we, we said. We got there, yeah. We, well, we're getting there. <laughs> we're at the start. Kegel? How? Kogel. I think it's Mike Kogel. I'm a big fan of his show, and they say it every episode, and I should be able to say it right now. But I'm so distracted by my reflection in this screen. I've really put on some fucking weight. Holy shit. Well, if we're done with the episode, I'd mm-hmm. like to sign off because I really have to go to the restaurant. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. That's okay. Or, I, could, I could record that and put that at the end. <laughs> well, you did record that, so feel free to use it if you want to. But I got to take a piss. the empire strikes back date it came out in 1980 yeah but but what date did you what anniversary time may 21st 1992 yeah but i see so you're counting the anniversary on the 1992 date i was using that as a hilarious misdirect that clearly went over well yes 40 years you're talking is that is that what we're talking i'm just trying to do the math yeah, 40 so years. What, was, the math, what was your math? How, did it come up with 40 years no, but since 1980? Did, yes, that's exactly right. But that's not what you... And anyone who saw the title of this episode also knows <laughs> that's exactly right. You and I know that. Yes, we know that. Yes. I just thought it was funny. And even that joke had a little bit of a logic problem that I had to fudge because they did. They aired a episode they had previously not aired on that date. So technically the finale of MacGyver was in April. That I didn't know. And I, I am a MacGyver fan. Yeah, I had to so look it up. I just typed in pop culture anniversaries for this That's screen. crazy. That's what came up. Well, thanks. 